I'm going to just make you do the Patreon one so you're not what, me? St- stepping all over me with your U's. All right. Says who? The podcast that isn't a podcast, it's a coping strategy, is brought to you by you. Wow. Patreon.com slash says who is where we build community where you, through your generous profoundly generous contributions of money, your time, your listening, your 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 spirits and your souls. We bring this podcast to you. Even a dollar a month is just a tremendous act of generosity and it and it puts you uh gives you a stamp in our little town. There's a little town map. We should make a town map, Dan. Um that should be a thing. We should do that. At $5 level, uh, the town watch you get lots of but bo- we record lots of bonus episodes and you'll get access to those and you get to hang out with some nice people but we just really appreciate the hell out of you being here again if you'd like to contribute to our patreon it's patreon.com slash says who um there are all kinds of levels and you're wonderful wonderful people i love you all my god yeah. that's been hiding in you all along yes dan Jesus. It's out now. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have to do me. You have to do my thing. Hello, everyone. It is I, best-selling author Maureen Johnson, and I would like to tell you about my latest efforts, The Mystery, The Vanishing Stare. It is part of a series called the Truly Devious series, and it takes place in a remote boarding school in Vermont, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always get Vermont and New Hampshire confused. Where Where, where hijinks, murders, romance, excitement is afoot. It's a mystery. The vanishing stare. Get lost in the stare. That's the new catch. That's the new catch for it. Get lost in the stare with The Vanishing Stare by Maureen Johnson. Available at finer booksellers everywhere. Also, shitty ones. Nah, I don't go to those ones, though. No, I'm just saying they have it, too. Yeah, they do. It's true. Yeah, whatever. Do. Fuck them, I guess. Ah, what's it? Okay, so if we're in Adventureland, we could go to the Treehouse, or we can go to Pirates of the Caribbean. I think I think we should do Pirates of the Caribbean. Hey, Maureen! I don't mean to interrupt your Disney vacation. Hold on, I'm just getting a fast pass on my app here. Mm, Hello. Yeah. Hi. Um. Fast Pass 5. Oh, I already have a ride scheduled for that. Yeah. Mm, Maureen. Yes, Dan. You're not not at Disney anymore. Just look around you. Look around. The ride. Oh, I'm in that Star Wars ride. The one where they kind of box you in and a screen comes and says, oh, we're going to go on a star flight. Nope. Nope. Or nope. Space, oh, you're, know, space Mountain. Maureen, Am I Space Mountain? Is this Space no, Mountain, Dan? No. Oh, oh no. Are, oh, no. Oh, God. Maureen. Oh, yeah. Maureen. Yeah. Maureen. Huh? Huh? You're, back in, you're back in your closet. This it's time to record. No. This is not. This is real life. Well, Dan, if I'm back, it means that this is the week that everything happens. It is. 
So you better strap in. It's a world of It's a world of There's so much that we share. It's a time we're aware. Michael Cohen just is a small world. Oh, God, Dan, help. After it's okay. It's all right, Maureen. Follow my voice back in. Follow it in. Why? Follow, Follow me. In. Come with me. Come where no, I am. You're just, you're in a closet. There's only room for one person. This isn't very magical. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. You no, that's no, no. Let's try that again. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast, podcast that isn't that isn't. <sighs> yeah, welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Maureen Johnson, and I am Dan Sinker. Maureen, yeah, you were at Disney. I was, and uh, I was there. I did like a like a preliminary sweep, and we're not going to go deeply into the reasons I was there. Just I'll say really quickly is that um, uh, our, my my dog passed away, and we were sad, and we hadn't been able to go anywhere for a long time. And we said, "Grab our bags, we're going somewhere. Like right now, we're going to go." And then you went to Disney. Very, very, very briefly. I want to be super clear that this was not our trip and i felt like because it was it was more therapy you know it wasn't the yeah. jubilant, jubilant trip that we're going to take it was that we needed uh we needed some help emotionally yeah. so we so we were in the magic kingdom for a day and hollywood studios for a day ah oh, man my whole family was living your trip vicariously we were they checking were- wait times Everybody, I should, I want you to know how nice Dan is that when we checked into our hotel, we dropped our bags and we went downstairs to look at the pool because the entire reason I booked our hotel is because they had a lazy river. And I was like, well, that's my weekend sorted. Like I'll ride in a lazy river (laughs) and like, you know, sun, the sun will go down, the sun will come up. I will still be like just floating around on this lazy river. It's my favorite thing. And uh, I went down to like examine it, make sure we knew where it was. I was like, everything, where no water the tubes were. And then we Gotta had taste to taste the joint. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, there's the, like, there's the waterfall. There's this, okay. And we came back upstairs to our room and waiting for us was this beautiful bouquet of Disney colored flowers inside of a Mickey mug from Dan Yay. and Janice and, and the children. And it was amazing. We came up to get our bathing suits and they were just there. And I was like, look at these. <laughs> so we went to the Magic Kingdom <sighs> on Saturday morning and uh, it didn't go well at the start, Dan. No, it sounds like it did not. Because I had no time to research all like the passes and stuff. Right. So, you know, we got on our hotel coach and we went over and I showed up at the front gate and I had the app on my phone. I was like, look, I bought a ticket. And they're like, that's not a ticket, ma'am. That just shows. I was like, look, it's my ticket. And they're like, okay, ma'am, we need your, your email. And I was like, I do not have the email. Oh, no. And I just kept <laughs> oh, showing no. them the thing. And they're like, ma'am, that is not it. I was like, but. And so 
They're like, do you have the, and I, the email, it had been stored locally on my computer and I didn't have it. So they're like, you have to go into that line. And they pointed at the line that was like. Enormous. You know, people have, you know, set up small houses and businesses and, you know, they're, you know, that line. Yeah. So we went over there and now I'm I'm starting to have like kind of an angina pains because it's already like we're there because it's an upsetting reason, but I'm trying to make it all cheerful. And yeah. I'm so tense because I thought I, I screwed this up that I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I ruined everything. And then obviously the Disney people, they fixed it. They gave me a card that actually had the haunted mansion on it. We went in. By then, Oscar had gone into food panic because he hadn't had any breakfast. Uh-oh. So I was like, we will get you food. We're on Main Street, USA. And he kind of looked around and there was nothing to, like there was, it was like, oh, a lot of hats Yep. and there was a Starbucks, but the line was again, like that other line. Sure. And I was like, if I don't get Oscar some food, like he's going to explode. So we end up wandering into like Frontierland and eventually we go to Pecos Bill Cafe. Sure. That's the only place that has like no line because it's, it's like 10 in the morning. Right. And yeah, he's like, not, not, not a lot of demand for a taco at 10 in the morning. No, there were still people there, but I got us some coffees and he's like, fine, I'll have a cheeseburger. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I just need to eat. So and then magically his US visa showed up in his hand along with the cheeseburger that he ate oh. at 10 a.m. Oh, you're having a that cheeseburger final for breakfast, test. sir? Oh, it was not It was not a good scene. They give it to you with chips. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just cholesterol. And then so they gave it to us on this tray and he picks it up eagerly because he's so hungry. And the coffee on the tray basically flies off the tray because it has a oh, big no. bump in it and soaks his arm. Like oh, his, no. So his whole right arm is now drenched in hot coffee. So, um, well, they, they gave us another coffee. I thought I was going to have to take him to first aid. He's like, well, the coffee wasn't that hot. I'm okay. Oh, well, and that's he good. Ate he ate his cheeseburger. He was covered in coffee. His whole, you know, all his clothes are stained, but he's like, okay, I feel better. And then our day began. There you go. And I was getting messages from you that said, how you doing? I was like, Ugh. but what I'm saying is we're going to be ready. Like, I feel like this trip was necessary because now I know. It's, this is the thing about a trip to Disney. I like the idea that people that are tuning in right now because they heard the, um, the Joey No Socks episode last time, they're like, wait, is this a Disney podcast? No, it's not. It's not. But the thing about a trip to Disney, Maureen, it is, a, it is an undertaking. One does not simply walk into Disney World. I did. You did. And you learned. I basically, I got the app on my phone that morning. I was like, oh, look. Oh, yeah. And your son had. Who so I hired Dan's son to write an itinerary and it was really good. He didn't mess around. Like he is a professional and I'm serious. If you need someone to do your itinerary, you should hire Dan's son for twenty bucks. He will sort you out. Like I followed his recommendations and they were dead on. They were and extremely professional email. He had some really good advice and we rode on the rise. Went, but I, again, I have t- us taken someone to Disney World who tried to order a rare steak at a Chili's. So yeah, he he That's was some mystified. There, there were some things about it that mystified him. He um he was baffled by Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> like he just didn't know what to make of it. I was like, it's like 1900s America. It's like the Music Man. He's like, but there are buildings that are this old. I don't understand. He's like, I'm like, it's 
Main Street. And he's like, I don't understand. Why have they chosen this period? I was like, let's move on. So we we go to Adventureland. And um, uh, which turns out that whole, I'm very much a left park person. Yeah, you it. are a left park person. Oh, that is where I'm at. Like, I have no, I have no interest in the right side of the park. None. Zero. It's dead to me. I'm all about the left side. I'm about Adventureland and Frontierland and like Liberty Square and all that. That's my jam. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, I had a Dole Whip, which he tasted and proclaimed, boy, that's really pineapple-y. And then I was like, oh, get out. Oh, my goodness gracious. I know. Oh, my goodness. He was, we went to the Hall of Presidents and we saw the Trump. Oh, man. I can't believe Dan, you did that. And Dan did send me a warning. He's like, look, Maureen, if you get thrown out, they have your fingerprint and you are banned for life. And it's probably a good thing you did that because I had yeah. a whole thing ready. <laughs> I, I had I had a premonition. I was like, oh, wait, she probably hasn't thought about the fact that they took biometrics when she walked yeah. in. Yeah. It's a, it is a good thing because Amy you'd Carter should. You'd have to burn your fingers off to go back to Disney. Amy Carter's shoe was present. Oh, boy. Yep, she was there. <laughs> she was ready. And that Trump thing, it is. What's interesting is that they do all the names, but they don't say his name. Oh, really? They kind of go, and now, and then Trump is like, and I'm giving my speech. And it's a real <sighs> dick punch. Yeah. Um, it's not good. I also, last, oh, sorry. I haven't done it since it came back. There's no way. I couldn't do that to myself. It's it's something. Anyway, that's been the Disney Report. Thank you for tuning in to Says Who. We are brought to you by... Uh, I, feel like this was, I, I feel like this was just an elaborate way of avoiding the fact that this is a week that A, everything is happening, and B, we are destined to have to record another episode, bonus episode, maybe even in as short as 24 hours from now. Yeah, I don't even know. Is it a is it a is it a bon yeah, it'll be a bonus, I guess. I think um, it'll be a bonus sode. Because I have been so out of touch the last couple of weeks from traveling. Man, Ted, I have a lot of travel coming up. You do. You've been I do. you've been all go, no slow since twenty nineteen hit. I still had a I still have a bu- book to finish. I'm I'm going to Florida again this weekend to speak at what, uh, to what? some li- Yeah, I'm going to Florida again to speak to some librarians. Excited. Southwest, it's Fort Myers. I think that's Southwest Florida. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. Uh-uh. Uh, then the next weekend, celebrate my parents' 50th at wedding anniversary and then going directly to Canada to visit the set of Let It Snow the Movie. Jesus. Yeah. Then I'm coming to Chicago. You are. You then are. I'm to, then I'm going to LA. Holy fuck. Yep. Man. You I'm going, are... going, going. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's happening, Dan. I am again a whole book to write during this. I don't know what I'm doing, Dan. I don't know. So you have had all this burden of following the news. So I have agreed tomorrow. I'm taking the Michael Cohen bullet. So our good friend, Mister Says Who himself, Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, is testifying. On Capitol Hill three times this week, as we speak, he has finished his testimony behind closed doors to the Senate Intelligence Committee. Tomorrow, he is testifying in public. Holy fuck. Uh, To the House Oversight Committee, where he has agreed to discuss, quote, the president's debts and payments relating to efforts to influence the 2016 election. 
And also we'll speak about the president's finances, conflicts of interest at the Trump Foundation and the Trump International Hotel, according to a memo released last week by House Oversight Chairman Elijah Cummings. And then on Thursday, he is back behind closed doors with the House Intelligence Committee. Oh, boy. Cool. It's going to be something. So we will we will find some time post post Cohen public testimony tomorrow to to record. I have a rather busy afternoon, but we will find some time at some point. And if you are a subscriber to the Patreon at patreon.com slash says who for five bucks or above, you will get that bonus ode when it drops and whoosh, it'll be something. You know who's already excited about this uh, testimony? Who? Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Cool. She has already issued a statement, quote, disgraced felon Michael Cohen is going to prison for lying to Congress and making other false statements. Sadly, he will go before Congress this week and we can expect more of the same. It's laughable that anyone would take a convicted liar like Cohen at his word and pathetic to see him given yet another opportunity to spread his lies. I'm really proud of us, Dan, for just seeing from the very start that this was the guy to, you know, hitch our wagon to. That was all you. Mm. You were like, we're calling it says who. I remember where I was when I saw that guy. I was in England and we had like, so we were getting kind of late coverage and he came on at night and I just saw the face. I heard the says who. And I said, and my heart, you know, it got that little, that little flutter. And I said, that's my guy right there. That's my guy. It was before I knew Carter. I mean, it was before I knew Sam. It was, I've had, I'm like a Regency romance novel. It's like, I have so many people on my dance card that it's, I just don't know who I'm going to take to the ball. Yeah, but it all you always come back to Michael C. Mm, he was your first. You know what I mean? He's that he's the guy that, you know, he wears the beautiful collar, you know, and he's always back at the manor going, you will return to me. And I'm always like, I will. And then you see my carriage going down the, and he's waiting at the at the grand entrance of the house. And I run out with my bonnet flies off because I'm running so fast. It's so beautiful. Also interesting is the fact that Trump is not in the country right now, Maureen. So all this stuff is happening when he is like 13 hours ahead uh, in Vietnam, meeting with the son of your birthday buddy, Kim Jong-un. He's 13. So he already knows what happens. He knows what happens. That's the trick. What? Uh, Let me tell you, though. He uh, So they are meeting... uh, Trump aides are very worried that he is going to do anything necessary to change the media narrative after uh, after Cohen's live testimony tomorrow. So they think that he will just give Kim anything he asks for. But today he decided to compliment him, Maureen, by saying (laughs) by saying that. He, Trump, has known plenty of people who grew up wealthy and whose families were powerful. Trump told Kim Jong-un, the despotic North Korean dictator whose father and grandfather held the same role. Many of them emerged messed up, Trump said. But he added, Kim was not one of them. Mm -hmm. No problems with that. No, 
I mean, this is a guy who may have murdered his half-brother with nerve gas. Who among us, Dan? But he didn't he didn't wreck the vacation home at the Cape. Dan. He, he didn't flip daddy's Porsche or whatever. Do you think Trump was talking about his own kids? Uh, yes. I know a lot not of Eric, not I know a lot of rich kids. They're all fuck-ups. Not like you. How come my kids can't be more like you? Have you even seen Eric? <laughs> oh. uh, also, apparently, Kim has been writing Trump letters, and he has taken to carrying them around with him. This is a beautiful and love. This is another beautiful Regency love story that's happening. It is. Apparently, I did not know this, but it was it was reported at the time when Trump had his meeting with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, where they basically sort of ran laps around him. At one point, he whipped out of his pocket. He whips a letter that Kim Jong-un had written him, throws it on the table and says, read this to Chuck Schumer. I, Dan, this is. I don't know what this romance novel is called yet, but I'm working on it feverishly in the back of my head, and I'll get back to you. It's, um, I believe if Cohen gets up there tomorrow, and it's too explosive. He will, um, he will fuck that guy. <laughs> oh my! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I was not expecting that. He will throw. He will throw him down on the desk. Say, watch this. Wow. Yes. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Things just got blue on says who. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, things just got blue. Hey, I'm not the one that brought Amy Carter's shoe into this mix. You are actually the one who brought Amy Carter's shoe into this mix. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh in addition to all of, to Michael Cohen testifying three times, Trump negotiating some shit with Kim Jong-un. He is also in the midst of negotiating trade deals with China. And uh, just the other day, he was on camera with the Chinese negotiators in the room and press in the room uh, and started a fight with his trade representative, Robert Leitzinger, about what an MOU is and whether it was binding like a contract. Right. And he basically was like, I don't like memorandums of understanding because they're not anything. And Leitzinger was like, uh, um, it's a, literally a contract. It's a memorandum that we all sign that we agree on these things. And he's like, I don't like it. And then Leitzinger is, literally ends the conversation by going, okay, fine. From now on, we're never using memorandum of understanding. We're going to just say trade agreement, okay? We're never going to use that term again. We'll have the same document, but we're going to call it a trade agreement. Mm-hmm. We're never going to use MOU again, and Trump glows good. I like that much better. Again, Dan, I'm just realizing just how much this is like all of so many of my relatives in Philadelphia talk. <laughs> like, I understand this on such a cellular level that sometimes it makes me feel like I'm about to levitate. <laughs> Like I'm like, oh, this is Thanksgiving. A lot of a lot of trade agreements being negotiated at Thanksgiving. Dumb fucking conversations like this. Uh, it is a dumb fucking conversation. Back in 
normal bananas worlds, we got uh, Paul Manafort's sentencing documents finally finished dropping. It's a lot of news this week, isn't it, Dan? There, there is. Maureen. Paul Manafort's sentencing documents, these are written by Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. They are his reasonings behind why he's recommending the sentencings he he has. It dropped Friday night, or it was supposed to drop Friday night. Uh, many people, including myself, stayed up very late to see them. They did not get actually released until later on Saturday because, Maureen, they are 800 pages long. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it's basically 800 pages of talking about how much he lied. It turns out, according to the documents, that he lied to tax preparers, bookkeepers, banks, the Treasury Department, the National Security Division of the Department of Justice, the FBI, Mueller's office, Mueller's grand jury, Manafort's own legal counsel, members of Congress, and the executive branch of the United States government. And like some some kids that were running a lemonade stand and a puppy and his own grandma. And he is really remarkably committed to lying. Uh, When we were at Disney and this news of this 800 page report came in, Oscar turned to me and said, do you think Dan's going to read it? And I went, nah, Uh, no. But then I went, hmm. Maybe. I tap out at about 20, 30 pages, Maureen. There's eight. They, that was a lot. I, I I relied on other people that need to read it because that is their actual job to read it. But um, the money quote to me was from Mueller, who wrote, quote, for over a decade, Manafort repeatedly and brazenly violated the law. His crimes continued up through the time when he was first indicted in October 2017 and remarkably went unabated even after the incident. Can't stop, won't stop. He is the Leonardo da Vinci of lying. Well, that's enough news for the week, right, Dan? I mean... Well, funnily enough, it was going to be an even newsier week, Maureen, because last week the rumor began to circulate that the Mueller document, Mueller's actual report, was going to drop this week. But then other reports came up and said it wasn't. So we dodged that bullet. But it's it's kind of like for a good reason, though. We think maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, John Brennan, former CIA chief, was on Rachel Maddow last night, and he said that he thinks that it is being held up because Mueller has more indictments to come, most likely involving Trump family members, and is going to wait until the last second to drop those indictments and probably do it alongside the report itself. Dan, I just want you to picture this for just one second, all right? I'm I'm in. Um, I'm in. So... We're going to paint a picture. There's Dan. Dan, you're asleep in your, I'm a, it's like a brass bed. You're, you're wearing a little nightcap. You've got the covers, little covers pulled up your beards over the blanket. And as you, Mm -hmm. as you snore in and out, your beard curls and straightens and curls. It's exactly what it does. And there's do, 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 do. And then we hear ding, 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 ding. And what that sound is. Are news alerts flying through your phone? Yeah, that's it's like at five a.m. That's like 
Eric Trump indicted, Dojo indicted, Ivanka Trump seen running, screaming through the streets. Mueller sneaks in, you know, Indiana Jones is through the window of, a, of the East Wing wearing a Panama hat saying, gotcha, fucker. And uh, Trump, you know, tries to escape, clinging to the bottom of a helicopter. And that's sort of how I see some of this going down. I think... It's beautiful. Only dream, it's a beautiful Maureen. image, isn't it? It is. Dojo went on Fox News this week. He is just the smartest. He is. He explained. This is a direct quote. There are no actual crimes. There's only things that people did in past lives in 2006 before we even thought we'd ever get into this crazy world. And that's what it is. Now, Dan, I don't want to ask the obvious question. Okay. But I'm, there's two. Okay, there's a couple things to parse, which are, let's start, let's start at the beginning, I guess, actual. Mm-hmm. As a, so, uh, it, which it sort of implies that, um, that, that Dojo has a sense of what's a crime and what's just kind of crimey. Yeah. And then the bigger concept. He's definitely putting a little bit of a qualifier on what he considers to be a, quote, real crime. Right. It's like, it's definitely like, uh, it's it's an opinion matter to him. And the second is that uh, past lives and giving really a, a, a signifier of the year 2006 to narrow in on. Um, yeah. I thought that was an odd year choice. Yeah. Rather specific. It's like saying... Well, there's a body in the library, but I don't know. Sometimes there are bodies in libraries with with letter openers sticking out their back that I, maybe someone put there. I don't know. He's not that bright, Maureen. These, you have to remember, these aren't bright people. <laughs> Things just got out of hand. I swear to fucking God, I'm going to get it translated in Latin and put on my ass. I like it. Speaking of not bright people mm. and things getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. And asses. Our friend Roger Stone had to go back to court last week. We talked about this in the last episode. He had posted to Instagram a photo of the judge with a crosshair next to her head. And surprisingly, that got him in trouble with the judge. Hmm. I know. It's a surprise. He issued, or his lawyers issued, an apology. But um, but oddly enough, she didn't accept it. And she told him that he needed to come into court. And Maureen, that brings us to our latest installment of Says Hooster Peace Theater. <laughs> On tonight's episode of Says Hooster Peace Theater, the role of Roger Stone will be played by Dan Sinker. The role of Roger Stone's attorney, Bruce Rogow, will be played by Starley Kine. And the role of Judge Amy Berman Jackson will be played by Maureen Johnson. Mr. Stone, you are the defendant in this criminal case, are you not? Yes, I am. Is this a serious matter for you? Yes, it is. Does this matter threaten your liberty? Yes, it does. 
Does it threaten your family? Yes, it does. Are your wife and daughter in the courtroom today? Yes, they are. Mr. Stone, did you abuse the judge's trust in you when you posted the Instagram that has now become Exhibit 1? Yes, I did. Your Honor gave me wide berth, for which I am grateful. She also gave me an admonition, which I regret that I did not take to heart. I believe I abused the order for which I am heartfully sorry, and I am kicking myself over my own stupidity, but not more than my wife is kicking me. I offer no excuse for it, no justification. I believe it is the outgrowth of... I believe it is the lapse of judgment that was the outgrowth of the extreme stress of the situation. I have been in political combat, but I have never been the subject of a seven-count criminal indictment, never even had a speeding ticket. I'm being treated for emotional stress. I should also say that I have acute financial stress. Your Honor, The my consulting business has dried up and is virtually non-existent. So I really make my living from speaking, writing, book sales, and speeches. I have exhausted my savings. I am being treated for the emotional stress per the judge's order. I don't offer any rationalization or excuse or justification. This is just a stupid lapse of judgment. Mr. Stone, in a posting that followed the original posting... You mentioned something about a volunteer may have posted the posting. Is that accurate? I did not see the image, but I did not review it, and I didn't take into consideration the implications. The posting is my responsibility. I regretted it. There was an immediate media firestorm. I took it down and issued an apology. My apology is sincere, and it is heartfelt. This was an egregious, stupid error for which I apologize again to the court. Do you understand that the posting can be viewed as a threat to the court? I now realize that. That was not my intention. I didn't recognize the Celtic cross in the corner. I just glanced at it. I didn't think. So I can't rationalize my thinking because I wasn't thinking and that's my own fault. Do you understand that the text can be viewed as an attack upon the integrity of the court? I recognize that. I regret it. It is. As I said again, I think my bad judgment is born on the, from the emotional stress of the situation. I can only say I am sorry yet again. It was an egregious mistake. I would obviously wish I could do it over again, but I cannot. How could we be assured, Mr. Stone, if the judge remained with the order that she had entered, allowing you to speak freely? How can we be assured that there will not be a reoccurrence of something like this, or anything like this. First of all, I am very grateful to Your Honor for the initial order because I do have to make a living, and I am sorry that I abused your trust. I... Is anybody paying you to speak about this case? No. Okay. So an order that you couldn't speak about this case wouldn't affect your ability to make a living? That is correct. All right, continue. I recognize that I let the court down. I let you down. I let myself down. I let my family down. I let my attorneys down. I can only say that I'm sorry. It was a momentary lapse of judgment. Perhaps I talk too much. But I am under pressure. I now have television commentators talking about the likelihood that I will be raped in prison if I am, if I am convicted. 
This is a stressful situation for me and my family, and in all honesty, I'm having trouble putting food on the table and paying the rent. I've exhausted my little savings. I cannot use anything I raise for my legal defenses for my personal expenses. That goes strictly to my attorneys, Your Honor. I can only beseech you to give me a second chance. Forgive me the trespass. I'm heartfully sorry. This is a sincere apology. I will treat the court and all your orders scrupulously for the dignity and authority you deserve. I am. I hope you'll consider my plea because it is sincere and heartfelt. All right. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Stone. Yes, Your Honor. The notice of apology said that the post, quote, was a random photo selected from the internet posted at my direction. What do you mean by posted at my direction when you just now said, I didn't select the image, I didn't review it? Well, I just said, get a photo. I am I am responsible for the posting. I just did not look at it. I didn't review it properly. That was my fault. I'm not offering a rationalization. I'm taking responsibility for the action. In all honesty, we wanted to get the apology to you as quickly as possible. I recognized that I'd made an error. I was at a doctor's appointment. The apology was read to me. I rushed home to sign it, and it was sent, I guess. Yeah, I'm just interested in this concept that you don't see what gets posted on Roger J. Stone before Roger J. Stone posted is no, I didn't anybody say. else's Instagram besides yours. I I'm not sure I understand your question. It's your, your Instagram Honor. account. Yes, I am responsible. And it's fair to say that you are 100 responsible for anything that gets posted, and it's not anybody else's fault. That is correct. I take responsibility. I do not have any employees. I do have volunteers helping because of my financial circumstances. They do a lot of the clerical work. I am, in all honesty, not very technologically proficient, but I accept responsibility. It is my fault. Do you fault. know how to do a Google search? Do yes. the volunteers that work for you know how to do a Google search? How hard was it to come up with a photograph that didn't have crosshairs in the corner? Your Honor, I didn't recognize it as a crosshairs. I thought it, I didn't even notice it until it was brought to my attention by a reporter. Well, and at that point you said, what some say are crosshairs are in fact a logo of the organization that originally posted it. Is that your explanation for that? That's the truth of it, Your Honor. I had to go back and look at it. But being a logo and being crosshairs are not mutually exclusive, are they? Well, but I think in this case, it's supposed to be. It's a Celtic symbol, as I understand it. Why are you now saying it's a Celtic symbol? Because I researched it, and that's, that's what comes up. Haven't you also said publicly that it was actually an occult symbol? It's a Celtic occult symbol. It's the same thing. What does it mean? I I don't know, Your Honor. I'm not into the occult. And haven't you said on InfoWars on Tuesday after you took the post down that this whole set of circumstances is just another example of the media making you a target? 
Yes, as in the, as an example of your gag order, it was widely misreported almost immediately. I think people read the headline but didn't read the specifics. And it was misreported. I honestly did not believe that these were crosshairs. I honestly thought it was a misrepresentation and I took it down and I apologized because I recognized it could be misinterpreted Well, according to the apology, the post was improper. What was improper about it? My attorneys wrote that, and I signed it because it was improper for me to criticize at all. I recognized that. Well, at the time I imposed the order, there were no restrictions on your talking about the case. So, my questions to you are not about the fact that you criticized the office of the special counsel, that you criticized me, that you criticized an opinion of the case I had written earlier. My question to you is, what is it that you said was improper When you told me it was improper. Again, I did not write that. I signed it on advice of counsel. I would have. You said to me, I abuse your trust. You said, I'm heartfully sorry. Let me finish my question. I'm sorry. I'm kicking myself for my own stupidity. Yes. I have no excuse. It was my stupidity. It was a lapse of judgment. I regret it. What? was the lapse of judgment that you regret. I shouldn't have posted any of it. It was a mistake for which I sincerely apologize. It was egregious, a stupid mistake. Why is it consistent with how sorry you were when you sent the apology to continue for the next two days to speak publicly about the fact that you're being treated unfairly in the situation as well, that it's really the symbol. It's really that symbol. It's the media going after you. How is that consistent with you telling me that you're deeply and sincerely sorry? Because it was a reference to what I believe was a media distortion of my intent. It was, I did not have malicious intent, Your Honor. understand that what you did could have a malicious impact, notwithstanding your intent? That's why I objectly apologized, and I have no rationalization or excuse. I'm not seeking to justify it. It was just an error. Guess what, Scrooge? I'm going to climb up your ass and come out of your mouth, because it's me the whole time. Uh Uh-oh, my phone's ringing. (laughs) Oh, no. It's me. Amy Cartoon, I was a judge the whole time, Screw. Guess what? It's time for you to go up the ball. The ball of justice is upon you. Hey, Dan. Mm-hmm. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fuck you. It's me. <laughs> Oh. It's not funny. I don't, I don't understand. <sighs> you know, Amy Carter's shoe is not a complete misrepresentation of what the judge did by the end of the thing. She put a full gag order on him. She told him that she did not believe his apology. And she told him that she didn't think he had learned anything. And that if he violates his gag order again, he's going to go to jail for real. Aww. Poor Roger. It is amazing the level of simpering that he stoops to. All of these people. All of them. 
All of them. I mean, uh, Dan, Morning. just today as we're talking, there is, I'm trying to, it's a it's a, a rep named Matt Getz. Yeah. Who tweeted out, hey, Michael Cohen, do your wife and father-in-law know about your girlfriends? Maybe tonight would be a good time for that chat. I wonder if she'll remain faithful when you're in prison. She's about to learn a lot. That's normal. That's super normal. Uh, he, uh, a reporter, I believe at Politico, uh, texted him and was basically like, um, how do you think that you're not witness tampering right now? And he wrote back to say, I'm not witness tampering. I'm witness testing. That's not a, that's not a thing, Maureen. I went to art school and I know that's not a thing. Oh no. He was just witness testing. Oh no. That horse I put in your bed, that was just witness testing. That's not a thing, Dan. Uh, maybe it is now. We don't know. We don't know anything anymore. What's happening? This is the rock slide. Is st- I feel like we're we're not we're at, we've gotten on the car, you know, in the in the space mountain scenario where the the thing came up and they're like, okay, you're in car number one and you get in and you're just starting to kind of settle in and you're like, well, is it, what happens if the bar doesn't come down? My bar's not going to come down. Everyone else is, is there, are their bars down? What if my bar doesn't come down? Should I pull the car? It says not to pull the bar down, but I should put the ball. Or, oh God, do I put my, my purse is going to fly, but it's going to hit me in the head. It's going to fly over to the space mount. My shoe's going to fall. I'm going to throw up. It's going to land on the people behind me. Oh my God, my bar's not coming down yet. My bar. Oh my, I'm just going to pull the bar down. The bar doesn't come down. Oh my God, this thing is about to start. It says, oh, the bar is coming down. Oh, it's too low. Oh, it's too low. And I can really lean over this. It's just sort of over my thighs. What if I just lean over and snap it? I have like a twig. Oh my God, this is how I die. Just my legs get stuck, but my top half is flopping around in the wind. Like one of those things that stands in the parking lot at the at the at the car lot. I was like, what the wacky waver thing? That's what I'm gonna be like because this bar's over, just oh it's starting to tick, 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 tick. That's where we're at. That's pretty much where we're at. So so we're probably gonna see many of you back here in your ear holes soon. Yeah, you're going to be sick of us this week. This week is... Oh, my goodness, Maureen. Oh, my goodness. If you are not yet a subscriber to our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash says who. Five bucks a month gets you access to the bonus episodes of which there's already one with Michael Cohen's name on it. Oh, boy. that That's going to be a thing that we're doing tomorrow night. Uh, says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. We really do appreciate all of you. Even the ones that don't. You are amazing as well. Our theme music, speaking of amazing people, Maureen, is performed by Ted Leo. And we always thank Darth on this episode. We love you, Darth. The reason I've been quiet is I've been trying to figure out where I'm going to be in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash groups slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Do you want to see us live? Do you? I bet that you do. You do. I bet you do. It'll be fun. Come to Pod X in Nashville, May 31st through June 2nd. 
You can get your tickets at podx.com slash says who. I will be there. Maureen will be there. I'm willing to bet Amy Carter's shoe will be there. And there may even be a special visit by Wedgie the Wedge Salad. And it's going to be something. I will be in Chicago. I finally, I Chicago on Thursday, March 21st at Anderson's bookshop in Downers Grove. Downers Grove is not Chicago, but it's close. Yeah. I, I originally was at, I think, um, Naperville, but it's actually going to be in Downers Grove and it's in. That is literally twice as close to Chicago as Naperville. You're getting there. Is it? Is it- Naperville is very far away. Okay, so Downers Grove is closer. This is a this is a weird thing about Chicago. We are a major metropolitan city, and most of the authors that come through on tour go to Naperville, which is a suburb like ninety minutes away. Yeah, that's where I, when I've gone there before. That's I don't where I understand at. it. They even it's truly mystifying. They have to a me. very fancy hotel there where they put you, and it's it's just yeah. it's like I think it's just for that. It doesn't seem to have any Some- other function. I can't I can't imagine why. But that'll be fun though. I'm gonna be at Anderson's bookshop Downers Grove in conversation with a man named Dan Sinker. That's me? Yeah. You're hosting. I am hosting. It's good. I'm glad you told me it's in Downers Grove. Yeah, I'll also send you the info. I'd have made the drive all the way to Naperville and been like, well, oh, where the fuck she? am I? And she said she was here. The next day I will be at C two E two. On a panel at 11.15 to 12.15, and I don't know what it's about, but I'm sure it'll be wonderful. Be about amazingness. C2E2 is a great Comic-Con. And then I'll be signing some books, so I'm going to be in Chicago, and then I'll be at your house. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be hanging out. Maybe, maybe we're going to book something. We'll see. Maybe, we'll see if we can get something together. Maybe we'll, uh, or maybe we'll record a live commentary of All the President's Men or something. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Anyway, that is all stuff that's coming up soon. And you even have more stuff coming up. You're like in constant motion. It's a lot. I have a book to write and it just feels like there's been a lot of life, you know, but it's you got a lot, but it's all good. And this is a chunky episode and it's uh, it's going to get chunkier because, uh, again, this was not the only time you'll hear from it. I don't maybe maybe the testimony tomorrow is going to be all weird and boring and we'll be like, he just sweats a lot and says that Trump's a criminal like. Mm, I have a feeling that there's no way that's possible. Well, yeah, what if it's super boring, man? That would be great. I could use something super boring in my life. But I don't think it's going to be Michael Cohen. Well. Anyway, spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you are not a bonus-owed subscriber through Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. You can hear us next week, March 6th, for our next episode. But if you ever wanted to be, I think this would probably be a good week to do it um, because uh, I think as things continue, we may be a... May, we, yeah. We could be around a bunch. Yeah. We should also give a thanks to Starly Kine, who played the role of Roger Stone's attorney in today's says Hooster Peace Theater. I was I was doing the transcription and I realized suddenly that there were three voices in this mix and I needed a third. And uh our our advertiser for this episode is the wonderful Colin. Uh again, Colin, he's just wonderful. I love you, Colin. 
and he asked me to advertise and just generally bring awareness to all of the wonderful rescue uh, organizations for animals and the work of the Animal Medical Center, who took care of my Zelda um, for 16 months and are just wonderful people and um, actually planted a tree in her honor and sent me a card today with a message, um, like a giant message from everybody in the entire department. And they are just amazing and they work tirelessly. And it's a great institution that takes care of a lot of animals um, and does a lot of amazing research. And uh, I just want to thank them. And uh, so any money that goes to rescue organizations or any organizations that help animals, including my friend Kirsten, who sent uh, money to an an organization that helps animals that are owned by people who are in situations of domestic violence. Um, uh, It's just amazing. So thank you all so much. And thank you, Colin. Colin, you look great. You do. You do. You can join us next week, March 6th, for our next episode. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. From this this doom buggy uh, compartment that's on it's a ride somewhere that I'm just, it is, it's a ride somewhere. I'm still on the ride, aren't I, Dan? Yeah, let's go with that. Look, Dan, it was just a practice run. I feel like I was really getting ready for when we go. You know what I mean? We're going. We're going, Maureen. Like, when when we go, I, uh, you know, we're going to have a map and a plan. We're going to have put our fast passes in like well in advance. So none of this, like, the only thing I can get into is a small world bullshit kind of thing. None of that. We're going. We're going. We're go- Did you have the wristbands? Did you have the wristbands? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I still have- We're going to get the wristbands. Magic bands, motherfucker. Magic bands, motherfucker. Blue apron. This has been Says Who. It's a 25-minute wait on the Haunted Mansion right now, Maureen. Dan, you can't just keep checking. This is what I did all weekend. <laughs> <laughs>